One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. Nope, but we're two friends who like to talk about serums. We are. Kate, how's it going? Dori and listeners, I have a cold. Mm. I sound like I have a cold and Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a cold, Mm. but it's okay because that's all I have. Yes. Trying to reframe it, Dory. And you look cozy. I'm in sweatpants. I'm in a sweatshirt and my sleeping bag slippers that I bought on Amazon. So I'm drinking bone broth and lemon water and just trying to hydrate and uh, get this thing to go away. But I'm a little I'm a little out of it. You know when you have a cold yeah. and you take a lot of cold medicine and then yeah. you're like not sure if you're on the planet? Yeah, I do. So am I recording this podcast or am I in space? <laughs> TBD. <laughs> we'll find out. By the end of the show. Indeed. Um, today's also the anniversary of my mom's de- my mom's death, mm. but I'm okay. Okay. Um, but you very kindly brought me flowers and Lane, who assists us, brought me treats. Oh, yeah. you're just so nice. You're so nice. So <laughs> shout out to friends who do nice things on weird uh, days. Another friend sent me a letter, a nice note, oh. and on it she wrote, you know, do not open until this oh. date. Yeah. So I was very touched. And we get a lot of questions about like, how do I show up for a friend who's grieving? And I think just showing up. 
just show up. Little little notes of care is really special, I think. So thank you, friends. You are so welcome. And the flowers you brought are gorge. Oh, thanks. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. I got them at Target. Whoa. Yeah. Hello, Target flower I, department. No. They're stunning. You they, look like you like picked them on a wildflower farm. Well, I saw them and I was like, these look like I picked them on a wildflower farm. <laughs> but they're like locally grown. Like tar- I guess Target has a, a deal with a local okay. flower farm. Sure. That's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I know. Um, what else is happening with you? Well, Dory, I, as many listeners are aware, have been really struggling with my place in diet culture and mm-hmm. my own disordered mm-hmm. eating mm-hmm. issues and my self-image. And I had a great session with my therapist. Oh, good who is just the best. And um, I'm really enjoying reading intuitive eating. And I have set up a consultation with a nutritionist who Mm. focuses on mindful eating and health at any size. Cool. So who knows if I'll pursue that, but I just wanted to take that step and see what that would be about. Amazing. So um, I am, and also I've been cooking a couple of things just like honoring the idea of like eating things that make me feel good that I want. So I made this baked oatmeal that I love made a really lovely bean masala last night Ooh, mm-hmm. i can link to both of those recipes and you know what else story i what? wore a red lip from hourglass i saw it i had never worn it I, I pulled it out of my makeup you know little container thinking it was an eyeliner and then i was like oh it's a red lip i'll put this on mm-hmm. and we should say they sent it to us they they're oh, yes. sponsors of the show yes this was a freebie um, thank you for clarifying. Oh, you are so welcome. Uh, but I had never, I had never worn it and I'm always very timid when it comes to mm. red lips and I was also wearing a red shirt. I mm. was unsure. I posed the question to our Instagram. Can I wear a red shirt and a red lip? Everybody said, yes. You look great. I loved this lip color. You looked great. I loved it. Again, we'll link to it on our it website. It for you. It was, it was a great red and it, I don't totally know the right terms, but I think the word I'm looking for is very pigmented. Mm. So it stayed on. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, it, it was, had a very lasting power, but it was not drying. That is unusual. I'm definitely going to wear this color again. I I'm, look forward to seeing it on maybe you. I should just show again. up to a next, a next recording in a red lip. Please do. You were in New York. I was. How was it traveling pregnant? You know, it was okay, but I had a doctor's appointment the day before I left and she told me, my doctor told me that my amniotic fluid was low. Scary. And she was like, well, there's two reasons why it could be low. Either you're dehydrated or your placenta stopped working. Oh, cool. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, So she was like, just, you know, hydrate a lot and then I'll see you back in two days. And I was like, well, about that, I'm going to New York. Was she like, what? Well, I was like, if you tell me I shouldn't go, I won't go. And she was like, well, just, you know, if, if you feel, if you, if you, if you don't feel him moving for a while, I would ask you to go see a doctor in New York. I was like, okay. But she was like, but hydrate, like, like it's your job. So how many gallons of water have you been drinking I a day? I feel like I have had an IV of <laughs> liquid. Are you peeing nonstop? I'm peeing nonstop. Thank God I had booked myself into aisle seats. Oh, that is tough when you're not and you're peeing. I mean, it, it was like, like, and also, you know, 
I would be out and about in New York and it would be like, oh no, I have to pee every like, like minimum every 45 minutes. But like, I really feel better every like 30 minutes. And there's not just great public restrooms all over New York City. No, although I, I have gotten very good about knowing where the public restrooms are. Like department stores always have them. That's a good one. Um, so... Yeah. So I, I hydrated like mad. Um, and then today I saw my doctor again and everything was great. Look at you. Cause hi- you like, you should hydrate flying when you're not pregnant. Totally. Like you get dehydrated totally. from that regardless. Totally. I was, I mean, the amount of water I was drinking was insane. And I should also say, um, right now I'm drinking water spiked with our sponsor liquid IV Oh yeah, for yeah. those electrolytes. So I you know, coming my, in handy again. I give those to my kids <laughs> when they are sick. I have, they call it the like the special juice. Oh, that yeah. sounds, sounds a little crazy. <laughs> so um, thank but you. the trip was good. The thing I went for, I went for a panel. It was good. Um, I saw my family. I saw my brother and my sister in law, my niece and nephew. Always good. Always good. Um, I will say, like, you know, I don't know if I was just tired because I wasn't sleeping great because of jet lag and also I'm 33 33 weeks pregnant but like taking the subway and climbing all those stairs I was like winded I felt like I was constantly winded oh yeah I have that I was pregnant with my first child in New York and commuted from Brooklyn to Times Square oh and I would get off at this 42nd street stop on the F train. Some of you might know it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are right just... by Bryant Park. Uh-huh. There's so many stairs. There are a lot of stairs. I think there's also an elevator at that one. New York, the subway system is not particularly um, accessible in many locations, which is... No. Yeah, it's really shitty for numerous reasons. For yeah. Um, and I just, I just remember, like, it would be like a 15-minute stair climb. Yeah. So. I mean, look, I'm grateful that I'm still... That I'm an able-bodied person who is able to walk up those stairs. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, this, I'm feeling this. Um, get me to my car. Get me, get me back to my car. Um, I did book myself two nights. I was there for four nights, two nights of which were paid for by the organization that brought me out there to do this panel. And then the other two nights I booked myself into like a nice hotel and I made sure I booked myself into a room with a bathtub. Okay, go on. And because I was like, you know, I like, I just want to, I just want to relax and take a bath. And I have to say this bathtub exceeded my expectations. Uh, what about it made it so special? First of all, it's huge. Very important. It's like a massive bathtub. Second of all, it, it was by a window and I was on the ninth floor and I just had this like view, not like the most lovely view. It wasn't like I was looking out on like Central Park, but it was like, it was still like a nice city view. So that felt kind of like dramatic and exciting um also they're in their like toiletries that they gave you they gave you bath salts and bubble bath they are doing it right so they had clearly thought about this which i appreciated so one night i took a bath with bath salts and the next night i took a bath with bubble bath and you double bathed i double bathed nice work congratulations i wonder if we were bathing at the same time because on I, i took a bath this past weekend oh uh, and I just poured so many Epsom salts and different salts mm-hmm. into it. I had gone roller skating with a bunch of mm-hmm. mom friends mm-hmm. and uh, I was sore. I, so get I it. also took a bath. Not no, no view. Well, you know, you know, we can't all, <laughs> can't all have that, but it felt good. I have to say, I, I need to get in the tub more. 
Yeah. Doesn't it feel good? I, 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 like, I feel that every time I get in the tub. Right. I know. And then I get out and I forget the magic. And then I was like, you know, if I ever get, like, have a lot of money, I will build a really nice bathtub in a bathroom and I will never leave it. <laughs> it will be where I live. Like almost a small pool, like a soaking yes. pool. Like a soaking tub. Like a hot tub. A hot tub, but in your bathroom. But in my bathroom that I could just relax in. Yeah, I'm going to also, in this fantasy world, say it's off limits to everyone else in the house. Oh, totally. No one can even, you need like a code to get in. Yeah, you need to know the password. Uh Uh-huh. The password is serums. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like our Facebook group. Totally. (laughs) On that note, Dory. On that note, let's take a short break. 
The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite honey love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. <laughs> 
Our guest today is Natasha Rothwell. Welcome, Natasha. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm just going to read a quick bio and then... We're going to get into it. Oh, we are. Awesome. <laughs> Natasha Rothwell is a writer, actress, and producer, and a series regular and co-producer on Issa Rae's Peabody Award-winning HBO series, Insecure. She wrote and starred in Netflix Presents The Characters and has previously written for Saturday Night Live. In addition to being an ardent supporter of Planned Parenthood and Emily's List, Natasha resists this current administration by volunteering at the Downtown Women's Center and supporting the HRC, ACLU, SPLC, and RAIN. Natasha is also a staunch advocate for the arts and arts education and recently signed a deal to write, star, and produce her own show for HBO. She currently lives in Los Angeles. That's all true. Ah! And you're going to be in the next Wonder Woman movie. That is true. Which is, but I, I read <laughs> that you've signed like a thousand NDAs. I did. I did. And, but like, hand to God, if you blink, you might miss me in the film. I feel like people are just like, she's going to suit up. <laughs> like, you and Gal Gadot. There's no leotards for me in this. That I can say. But okay. uh, it's a good scoop. Yeah, but I'm excited to. To be a part of it, it's wild. Yeah. It's bananas. That's exciting. You are a you're a busy woman. I'm busy, yeah. I'm busy. I'm like I'm Hollywood busy, where it's just like you're busy and then you also have time to hike, you know? <laughs> yes. But it's but it's <laughs> it's busy. It's like legit busy, but I try to balance it. This is a very weird city that doesn't run on like the eight to six work schedule. No. Like you can go out. We've talked about this, maybe not on the podcast, but like you can go out to breakfast and it's there's like a line on a Tuesday yes. at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and you're like, yes. what are we doing? What, do what none of us? Doing? What's going on? Yeah. But, but people, then when you're working, you're like not home for months. Months. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like my balance is not daily. It's almost like looking at the year. Like right now I'm on hiatus from Insecure. And so it's been a real like party <laughs> where I get to like sleep till 7 a.m. where I'm just like, what? <laughs> instead of being on set or shooting. Yeah. So it's like uh, just adjusting my schedule. How does always. that work with being a writer and a, an actor on the show? Um, well, the writer's room is about 22 weeks. And so okay. towards the end of that is when it gets a little bit crazy because then I'll have, you know, appointments with the hair department and costume mm-hmm. fittings and all of that kind of stuff while the room's still going on. Mm-hmm. HBO and Insecure try their best to – prevent the overlap, but with Issa being the star of the show and in both rooms, and then I'm being on on the show yeah. as a series regular and being in the room, um, it can be a little tricky. It's much easier for me than it is for her, but luckily because she truly can only be in one place at yeah. one time, and if she's not, then it sort of like halts the work. Right. For me, the, the, <laughs> the work keeps going. I just will try to play double judge and jump in when I can. Do you... Do you write Kelly's character? We all write everything. Okay. We do like uh, we just. I was gonna say I was gonna say they call it like gang writing, which is not like I, I don't know I don't I hate that word, but like we group write everything. Okay. So I don't just write her by myself. <laughs> when when you are in that space of working on Insecure or any, I mean, I think when you're on set on a film, it can be that same kind of mm. crazy hours. How do you? carve in time for moments of self-care or just moments of like giving yourself calm or relaxation or a break? Or is it impossible? Sometimes it feels impossible. I see other people like really exceed at it where I'm just Mm -hmm. like, how are they so like centered on set right now? Um, 
I tend to do like my self-care before and after I'm like in a busy production like stretch, uh, which just doesn't work for me, but I seem to have been doing it for a while. Um, and so this year I'm taking a very sort of um, deliberate, different approach mm. where I'm started meditating in the new year. I've been doing it. And um, so even on the busiest days, I find moments of quiet and breath and groundedness. And it's, I, I called this year, I called it, you know, this is my year of woo-woo. So I was just <laughs> going to do the most woo-woo shit I could do. And I was like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to like, you know, do do it all. I went and saw an astrologer. Like I went yes. all the way. And I was like, I don't know if this like meditation thing is going to work. And it's so good. Wow. I do it in traffic. Like when I'm just like, oh, this dude in front of me or behind me is like stressing me out with the way he's driving. I'm just like, breathe, like be wow. present. And it's been transformative, truly. What was the thing that pushed you toward meditation? Did someone suggest it? Was it just like you were like, I need something? I Towards the end of last year, uh, my brother was in an accident. He's totally fine. Um, but it was one of those things where I was just like, I need to um, – get to it. <laughs> the big it of just like uh, my focus, my energy, being present. And I was feeling even last year was probably my busiest year professionally. And I was feeling like my mornings were happening to me. Hmm. And my evenings sort of like surprised me. And I didn't have control over the way my day started or ended just because of habits that I'd cultivated that were just unhealthy from picking up my phone from the first thing in the morning and like sucking it dry by the end of the night. And I was just like, this is not – I don't want to have my days dictated by outside things, one. And so that was a big thing. And then my brother, having gone through a little bit of a family scare, I was just like, you know, there's things that matter. Yeah. <laughs> there's shit yeah. that just doesn't. And I was – the things that didn't matter were dictating a lot of my time. And I was just like, I need to figure out what matters to me. And to do that, I need to find the stillness and not the obvious things that matter to me, you know, the social justice and things like that. But all of that still is not me. You know, that's a lot of other people and compassion and caring for others. And I was like, I want to include myself when I, I'm thinking about compassion. And so that's sort of where it came from. And I was just like, this is the best time to start <laughs> was the new year. And so... Got my woo-woo on. <laughs> so it sounds like it's helping you like just on a day-to-day -day basis, but is it also helping you kind of big picture-wise deal with just like the bullshit of Hollywood? For sure. I think that like I – and it sounds maybe egotistical to say, but I, I really never felt affected by like the Hollywood of it, like mm -hmm. capital H Hollywood of it. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to dictate – my definition of success as being um, doing something that I love, doing it well, and do it with people that I respect. And that was like baseline. Um, and that continues to be the case. But I think that what happens, or at least what I was feeling, is that I was just born with this innate desire to please people. Mm. <laughs> and so it was less about me trying to meet an exterior standard for my own reasons. It was trying to make everyone happy mm -hmm. from agents to managers to like taking jobs that I didn't really want to do because not because of who was involved. It was just like I wanted, you know, the in-between people to feel like heard and respected yeah. and lost myself in that. And so um, I wouldn't say um, I was classically sort of like following the siren call of Hollywood to like my own um, 
detriment, but more so I was just spreading myself so, 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 so thin <laughs> that I was like, oh, this is not sustainable. It's hard too when the spreading yourself thin is being met with success. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that can be really yeah. confusing yeah. when you are spreading yourself thin, but you're doing quote unquote really well. And it's yeah. like, well, sh is this how this works? Like, is it like when I, right. if I pull back, am I going to remove the success from it? Like, you know, whatever the success yeah. is, that can be such a hard thing to wrap one's head around. Yeah. Bad, bad habits are constantly rewarded <laughs> in this industry. Yes. yes. And so it's been a real thing. Uh, one breaking habits has been like a real focus for me. And just stepping back from whether or not it's successful or like being rewarded or not, like, is it working for me? Mm. Like, that's the questions. Those are the questions that I, I had to start asking myself, um, especially like middle of last year when it was really sort of felt like a wonderfully beautiful avalanche of like good fortune of getting jobs and opportunities where I'm just like, this is great, but do I want it? Yeah. <laughs> this is great, but am I happy? And like constantly checking each event, each offer, each, you know, wonderful thing and um, asking myself that. And the hardest thing, too, is I think when those things happen, um, there's this cloak of silence of wanting to complain or express frustration with any of it because you seem ungrateful to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think I felt very... Um, alone because of that, because it was just like, oh, I'm having this sort of stretch of, you know, perceived success and, you know, literal success, but it's also very, very difficult and not having an avenue to express those reservations mm -hmm. again for fear of disappointing people and for, you know, making people who are still on the hustle and grind feel like, you know, I'm invalidating their experience and then that circles us back to meditation where I was like, I really needed to just be with those feelings and validate those feelings and um, all of that and a push toward authenticity. So what is your actual meditation practice? Like, do you do it right when you wake up or? I don't usually do it immediately because okay. I have a dog. <laughs> and oh, he kind of. got to talk about that dog. <laughs> we can talk about And he was a self-care like acquisition as well. Which I love because he has such a personality. He, I mean, I only know him via your Instagram. Oh, he is a full person. <laughs> um, but he dictates my morning. I try at least since I started around Christmas is when I started meditating and uh, have done so consistent, consistently through the new year. Um, I don't have any social media input before I meditate. Mm. Um, so. And so I try to um, not pick if I, I own oh, this also helped. I moved all of my social media apps to the back of my scroll page, like on you know, you know, your mm -hmm. homepage. And I turned off all notifications. So I have no mm. push notifications. I have no way of knowing that there are messages waiting for me or that the social media <laughs> sphere wants my attention at all. So when I pick up my phone, I just look at the time, um, walk my dog, get breakfast, all this without like, and to include social media, it's texting and email. You do none of that. None of that before. And how, was, I, I only ask because this is a constant struggle for me. Yeah. How did, how did you res, res stop that? Like, how did you resist it? Because it's so tantalizing, it's, or at least for, for me, I'm, I'm only speaking for myself. But the thing that changed the game, I was listening to another podcast called Your Girlfriend, and they did mm -hmm. their like year and best of advice for women. And there's this British journalist whose name escapes me. She was said the thing that changed her life the most was giving herself permission to um, 
cultivate an air of uh, being in and uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not dependable on email. So she was just like, now, at, before, if it came immediately, I had to answer immediately. And people mm-hmm. would often respond to my emails. You answer that so quickly. You know, thank you for the quick turnaround. And none of that's necessary or required. So she, she gave herself permission um, to be a flake. And she's just like, I need to just open myself up to that and really try to cultivate that persona. So when people email me, they're not thinking, oh, I'm going to get an answer right away. Yeah. Two, she did what I did, move all of my social media apps to the end. And then even on my – what helps me is on my uh, text messages and emails, I turn off notifications too. So I don't know there are message waiting, messages waiting for me unless I check them. That's great. So it's – some days are better than others, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So where some days I'm just like, oh, I need to like, – you know, out of habit, I'll just click yeah. it and I'll notice, okay, it's my mom and da 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 And I try not to like – Even if I look at it, don't respond until after I've meditated. Another former guest of this podcast, Mary H.K. Choi, I just saw her tweet uh, that she had taken email off her phone entirely. Wow. See, that's that's a huge step. Wow. (laughs) Like, you can do that? Yeah. You (laughs) You know? Delete it. Yeah. I I don't think I can do that, but just turning – I'm very self – diagnosed OCD. And so Mm -hmm. if there's a red dot notification on my phone, I can't have it. I can't have any unread anything. And it just brings me anxiety. And so I just was like, change it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to have those, like, if the, the, you know, the little red dots or like the unread messages, like tally gives me anxiety, Mm -hmm. then I don't need to have those things. So I turn those off. And um, yeah, and I don't respond to every email. And I've gotten really excited about answering things on my own time, which is like very hard for, for my personality type. Yeah. 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 But it's one of those things where I was like, oh, it makes me happy though. So maybe I can, I could do it. So you walk the dog, you get breakfast. Walk the dog. Get breakfast. I walk the dog. Play by play morning experience. <laughs> well, the thing about the walking the dog, he's a year and a half and he's got that puppy energy. So he's not quiet unless he's like been walked and I can't meditate until that. And he is also a big dog. He, I was lied to. So I went, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got him through a breeder and I was desperate to like adopt and not shop, but I have very severe allergies and I needed like a, a doodle type dog. Um, and so I went through a breeder, um, a beautiful breeder out in Alabama. They don't do puppy mills. They just, they selectively breed. It's very humane. And when I got him, they're like, oh, he's going to be like small to medium, like max 30 pounds. He's 60 pounds. <laughs> oh my God. He's <laughs> huge. Like we get stopped on the street constantly. Cause he's like got all that standard poodle, like in his bones. So he's long and tall and big. And he thinks he's the size of a chihuahua. So it's just very problematic walking him because, like, he wants to play, but he wants to play like he's that size. And he's just too big for it and gets so frustrated with me because he loves people. He loves kids. He loves, like, other dogs Um, and definitely changed my life for for sure. What was the self-care need? When you decided to get a dog, what was going on that you were hoping it would help with? I felt like <laughs> – we're going to get real on this podcast. Yeah. Today, oh, it is. Um, it. I felt like I had a very deep reservoir of love and mm. I needed to give that That's desperately. Beautiful. I really did. And I've never had a desire to have kids. I was a teacher for many years. So I felt like I've had 
137 kids at one point. Um, but I wanted to care for something else outside of myself. I wanted to be responsible in a way that was consistent. And um, I've always loved dogs. And I knew I wanted a dog and not a child, but I got a puppy and a puppy is a child. Yeah. yeah. So I went through maybe six months of the deepest depression of my life where I was just like, chasing around a sick furry bear in my <laughs> one bedroom apartment who had all like you know like when you were in high school and there's like the sick kid like that's my dog he gets sick all the time so his first like nine months he was just like either puking or shitting or like oh, sleep no. and so I remember facetiming my mom when I had him and I'm just crying and she's just like you know your sister called me like this when she had Talia and I'm just like this is not <laughs> she was like, you have a, like, you get used to it. And so it was a very weird six months where I, the thing I wanted hadn't arrived yet, but now he's a year and a half and now he's a dog. Yeah. yeah. And so it's been, the juice has been worth the squeeze because he is just like, I could get, I could cry right now. He's just like a very um, consistent uh, source of love and affection. Are you able to bring him with you when you travel for work? <sighs> If he were 30 pounds. <laughs> but uh, I now would have to buy him his own uh, plane seat. <laughs> which, Lloyd. Which, I mean, if if the job would pay for it, I would. But um, it's hard when I travel. It's made it more difficult for sure. But um, he's the most spoiled dog. So he's, mm. you know, he's stays at like very nice places when I go away. Oh, yeah. and he's doing great. He's doing great. If I die, I want to come back as him. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because I give him everything. And he's named after Lloyd Dobler. Yes. Is that – do you love Say Anything? I love the 80s. And I mm. love uh, – I mean, I, I mean, I love that movie so much. But I was just like, what does his face look like? And so when I was adopting him, uh, they sent, like, pictures of him. And I was like, he looks like a Lloyd or a Ducky. And, and I asked my niece, who's now 11, and I was just like, what do you, what do you think? Like – if I got a dog like Lloyd or Ducky and she's she's 11 but she thinks she's like you know 18 she's uh -huh. like in that age she's just like why would you name a dog a duck Natasha and she gave me <laughs> shade for days shade that like even now when I think about like her eyes when she just read me to filth she was just like why would you that makes no and I was like you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> I'm going to name him Lloyd Dobler. She's like, okay. And like went back on her phone. I was like, yikes. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> but he's uh, he's wonderful. Yeah. We both have dogs. So. What are your dog's name? Oh, my God. My dog's name is Bo. Oh. He, he was a rescue and that was his name. So... We just, just kept it. Just kept it. I but he's it. 80 pounds. Okay. He's a big boy. That see, Lloyd would love to play with Bo. <laughs> Bo is um Bo has some anxiety issues. <laughs> <laughs> Bo's on Prozac. Bo's, oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love How it. How many milligrams of Prozac does he take? 60. He takes more than me, Dory. <laughs> I take 20 a day. Oh yeah, he takes a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think his issues might be deeper than yours. <laughs> oh my god! You don't want to bite strangers. No, 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 nope. no, no, no. I want, I want, I seek their acceptance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Desperately, that's yes, my yes, problem. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's why I'm on Prozac. Oh, oh my god! But gosh. you also have an anxious dog. 
I do. My dog pees when she's nervous. I also have a rescue Ugh. named Lucy, who my very serious older daughter decided to name after my dead dog. So oh, I wouldn't, boy. quote, be sad anymore, even though I don't. <laughs> I'm not sad. No, no, no. <laughs> she died when I was 19. <laughs> but that's where we're at. So I have a second Lucy. You have a second Lucy. <gasps> and she is a very... I think she was probably abused in some way before we got oh. her because she's just like you she gets so scared when you go to put a leash on her yeah. and it's like girl you know we're going for a walk where you yeah, get yeah, to yeah. like shit and piss outside you love this experience yeah. but every time we get the leash out she like can't decide if she's gonna have like a panic attack or get excited it's she's just kind of a heartbreaking oh little mess but she's lovely she's a great dog oh she's really like i had a migraine last year and I got in bed at like eight o'clock at night and our babysitter was very kind and stayed and helped with the kids. And the dog just got, she knew, like she got right in bed with me and just sat next to me. They oh, know, animals they know. know. They know. They know. My, I think I've mentioned this before. My cat sat next to me both times I went into labor with my kids and she would just like perch. Oh my God. Yeah. They just have a, they get a vibe. They know. They know. I don't know what they, like what they're sensing. Yeah. Or smells. Something. B.O. I don't know. I saw, I saw this um, tweet that destroyed me was just basically like, if you had like five seconds to say something to your pet, what would you say? Oh, God, like, like they could understand? Yeah. And the three things were is this is to help you not hurt you. Oh. Uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's okay. And I oh. was just like, that's so real. Oh, God. The I'm coming back is really hard with we might, We're making Uh-oh. Sammy Sammy, cry. are you crying? <laughs> Sammy loves dogs more than anyone. Yes. It's and I read that and I was like, that's what because it's the thing where you're just like, if you knew this, you'd chill the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm trying to give him his medicine. I'm like, it's okay. Like this is gonna help you not hurt you. I'm leaving, I'm coming right Right. back. Like, Mm -hmm. and those things are are he I just want a five second window work. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. 
One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Wait, can we go back to something oh, yeah. you just said that you were a teacher for a long time? I was. So how does one go from being a teacher of what did you teach? Well, a little bit of everything. So like I went to school for theater proper. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, did the classically Shakespeare type of actor degree and uh, was trying to find a way to like feed myself <laughs> after college. As one does. As one yeah. does <laughs> when you have a theater degree. And so I was doing a lot of like teaching artist gigs. And then that parlayed into like uh, full-time te teaching gigs when teaching artist wave and charter school waves overlapped because in charter schools, you can be a professional in your subject and you can get hired where if it were a regular DOE school, you have to like have a teaching certification. Okay. But I did have to take like other teaching courses to like be in front of a classroom. Um, and so I was at the Academy for Learning Through the Arts in D.C. when I was living there. Ten, over 10 years ago at this point. Um, and that was pre-K through sixth grade. Oh, wow. And so it was teaching theater to that, that age range. And then I left there and went back to gigging the teaching artist circus, circuit. And then I went uh, – when I was living in New York, I was at KIPP NYC College Prep High School for a full year. Or not a full year, four years, sorry. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, so I was there. And it was a new charter school um, – and so they, the first year it was just freshmen, then the second year was freshman, sophomore, and it rolled up into four years. And that's when my freshmen were graduating. So oh. I was like, I knew I wanted to stay yeah. for that. So the whole time you were teaching, you were also doing comedy stuff? Yeah. It was very, like, superhero-esque. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, I would be teaching from 7 a.m. to 3 or 4, and then I'd do UCB or The Pit or, you know – Coach, coach a group or yeah. audition. And then um, when it got to be the senior year of my freshman, I knew it was not sustainable at that yeah. point because I had been in New York for four years at that time. And um, I felt a little bit like a hypocrite because I was like, hey, kids, go chase your dreams. Don't let them slip away. And then <laughs> I was just like, I'm actually doing that right now. <laughs> like, and I love teaching. I still do to this day, but I knew that it was not, I was not being, you know, all of my dreams weren't being fully realized by right. staying there. And it was taking too much of my time. And so when they graduated, I kind of graduated too and jumped into acting and writing and all of that full time. When you've gone through moments where the, the following of your dreams feels, you know, that moment where you're like, why the fuck did I do this? Oh, why yeah. did I think this was ever going to happen or ever a good idea? How, how have you stayed on track and stayed – ground not grounded but like stay committed to following through on your passion and your love for what you do yeah um i had a moment like that last night <laughs> it's like they those moments don't stop i think that's what people mm, true. think true yes they, you're right yeah there's no like 
well, I'm done with that. I know I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> like, truly, last night I was staring at, like, a blink- blinking cursor, knowing I have to do these edits um, on the script. And I was like, oh, man, can I do this? Like, mm-hmm. have I made the biggest mistake? Like, you know, all of that. So the doubt, imposter syndrome, all of that. And I think the, I tried to deal with it in that, like, there <sighs> – I don't know how else to, to couch it other than like I feel this very deep calling to be doing this work. Mm. And I think that most people who get on this path and stay on this path, they feel that too. Mm-hmm. They may not use those terms or like whatever. And it, again, woo woo 2019. But there's the deep sort of sense of um, needing to keep the right foot and left foot going in front of each other in the face of, like, complete uncertainty and even sort of obvious, like, U-turn signs. Um, It's very difficult. And I think that for me, too, a big um, sort of push is that it always made me happy. So I tried to, like, not necessarily focus on external validation or what other people considered success again like I tried to always circle back to my true north which was does it make me happy am I working with people that I want to be working with and is the work I'm doing making me happy you know Mm -hmm. like um and if those things are true then I need to really sort of shut the windows and the doors and keep all of that negativity out and try to like stay focused on the work and so sometimes it's successful sometimes it's not um but I know that in those moments that has worked for me mm-hmm. is to really sort of go back to why I'm doing it and who I'm doing it for, um, which is not other people or validation, which is really hard. That is so hard. So hard, especially as women. Yeah. Like it's just real. It's just very, very real to like go into anything and doubt it. I'm going to a CVS and buy eyeliner. I'm like, am I good enough? to do it? <laughs> Can I do a cat eye? Like, am I worth, can I do that? <laughs> Yes, you can do that. <laughs> Practice that cat liner. Oh. But it's just real. Yeah. It's just real. Um, you are active on Twitter. I am. <laughs> you are active. So, Natasha. <laughs> um, what has that been like in this political moment? Mm. It's been interesting. Um, I feel like... I've always been active, but now more people are listening. So mm. that's what's changed. Mm-hmm. So like the audience got bigger just by by the nature of what I do. And I there was a point very early on where I was like, I could change my song or I could, you know, sing a little louder. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try on this very inauthentic, kind of shitty platform to just be as honest and consistent as possible. And so um Trump just exacerbated what was already going on. So I was just like, I need to uh, speak out as much as possible. And with humor and, like, with the dose of, like, understanding of self-care, like, I can't just be screaming or I'll go hoarse, right? So I have to, like, say some things and then take care of me a little bit. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of, like, how I use it is to have that kind of release Mm. to say the things that I need to say, um, engage with the people I need to engage with. And it was uh, the real lesson it taught me was to control my input. <laughs> my therapist was just oh. like, 
this is this is an opportunity for you to exercise what you're letting in to your space and into your mind. And so mm. I went through and Marie Kondoed the shit out of my feed where I'm just like, if this person I'm following does not spark joy, goodbye, yeah. goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And so I'm not entirely aware of who's consuming what I put out there, but I know what I'm letting in. So that has been really helpful for me to participate with that particular platform <laughs> did, you, did you do that on instagram like on, across all social oh, media all across also and i'm only i'm not on facebook i quit facebook maybe four or five years ago so i'm only on uh instagram instagram and uh twitter and instagram really made it easy because that mute button where i'm just like yeah i've just i went on a mute spree where i'm just like and like really close friends of mine who i was just like it's not helpful for me to be like follow you Hang out with you, have a drink with you, cocktails, yes, but to watch your day and your weeks unfold in a comparative way, especially when I suffer from imposter syndrome, yep. makes me truly unhappy. Yeah. Love you, I cheer for you, gotta mute you. And when I <laughs> and when I got when I understood that, because again, wanting everyone to like me, I'm like, yeah. if they ever found out I muted them. No. I, I would say what I just said now. And if yeah, they right. were my real friends, they would understand. Yeah, it makes yeah. total sense. It makes total sense because I'm sure they mute me back. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, if you got it, you do, you have to do what you have to do and control your input. Yeah. Yeah. Control your input is a good motto. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It was a game changer. When my therapist said that, I was like, I can do that. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Because we often think about social media in terms of what we're putting out right. as opposed to what's coming at us. Yeah. And that is, I think, part of the reason it's such an exhaustive Oof. experience being mm-hmm. online that yeah. way. Very much. What was your astrologer experience like? So wild. <laughs> I, it, I'm i not the type of person that was like <laughs> checking horoscopes regularly or whatever, but in a very uh, Shonda year of yes, like follow the woo, I was on set with a friend who's just like, if you're following the woo, you got to see an astrologer. And I was like, I've never done that before. I'm such a skeptic. I don't. But I'll go. Let's do it. And it was it was like a birth chart reading. So it mm. wasn't like a like crystal ball thing. Because I walked in and ex- expected Whoopi from Ghost legit. <laughs> I was just like, I wanted, I wanted that. And I came in and it's just like this very sweet woman in the valley in her like converted garage office. Is it Heidi? Yes. <laughs> you went to Heidi? We've had Heidi on the podcast. Are you serious? We've both gone to Heidi. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am like a Heidi Rose Robbins mega fan. What? Oh, my gosh. If you do sound sound effects on the podcast, it would be like... Yeah. Oh. We were both like converted garage. I know. Like, <laughs> 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 Birth chart. <laughs> Sounds... Ladies. You know what? I bet... I bet the same few people send everybody. Everyone. Yeah. And that there's is a whole so... network of people marching over. Everyone Heidi. needs to be talking more because it was very just like sliding a card across. See this woman. This it was crazy. It was crazy. I found out I'm a wait, I'm gonna get it wrong already off the bat. I'm um Aquarius Moon and Sagittarius Rising. Ooh. And I didn't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> Probably couldn't tell you right now, but what I will say, there were two dates that she gave me 
that made me like a little like, oh, she a witch. She a, <laughs> she a straight witch. Because I was like, I was just like listening about like, you know, sun, moon, planets. I was like, oh, this is all good. And she's saying all positive stuff. And then she was talking about uh, a date that was kicking off sort of like a 10-year cycle professionally of like wild success and like very whatever. And she just like uh, pulls up her charge. She's just like, uh, probably on or around November 29th. <laughs> November 29th is the day, the day I closed my HBO deal. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like I went back and wow. like she sends those recordings and yeah. I listened to it when I got home and I was able to have my calendar out just to be me being a full skeptic. I'm like, when was these dates at all line up? I was like, What? What? Wow. And then another, I can't even remember the other one, but it was just like, it was, I was like, oh, she a witch. But it was very fun. I was just like, oh, it's very interesting to see sort of like a cosmic plan and sort of just like a really real justification for like my (laughs) severe neuroses. (laughs) It's very validating. Very validating. I'm just like, oh, I'm not crazy. No, it's like, oh, your fourth house is in Pluto. That's why. That's why. This way. Okay. Okay. Uranus right. is I'm, in retrograde. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm fine. That's that rising Sagittarius that's acting up. Yeah, it's not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no, it's fantastic. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, she is a true delight. She's, she's a true delight. She really is. Yeah. Did she like rock your worlds also? Yeah. Oh, I've like gone on her retreat. Stop. <laughs> oh, Kate is like a super fan. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I have a chapter in my book about going on a retreat with Heidi. It's, I just, I, it's just been very helpful, and because, and it, it is, I do enjoy a woo, yeah. situation, but yeah. it also is kind of very, like straightforward and just like, well, this is kind of what's going on. It's not predicting anything. It's not, because I've also seen psychics if we're really really? going deep. Oh, yeah. I had a psychic talk to my dead family. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Send them to me. I I will, again, this is the year I will try literally everything. (laughs) I'm like full open. I'm a lotus all the way. Is there anything else that you've you've tried since you are kind of embracing all these spiritual new age elements? I've like consistently meditated every day. And then I saw Heidi and I definitely am like, Oh, the other – like, this is not in the brand of woo, but I just – well, it is. I just, like, bought all of the books. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm going through a whole, like, self-help, like, mm. reading renaissance, reading shit that I read already, again, with these fresh eyes and this open heart. Um, but, yeah, I need to add a psychic to the mix. I'm well, you're in, I mean, you're in the right place. I feel like L.A. Yeah. is – this kind of city. The, the mecca for all of this. Well, Jess St. Clair is the one who told me about Heidi. Yes. And then she, I was joking with her. And I was just like, next thing you know, I'll be buying crystals. And she leaned it. She was like, I know a crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you're ready. When you get to that crystal phase, I know a guy. And I was just like, LA, man. Yeah. I was just going to ask, is there anything else that you're curious about in the woo world? In the woo world. Um, well, transcendental meditation. I think that that could be... Because I fa- I have found meditating so deeply helpful in such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. I would be interested in um, that. I think I would also love to do things in the yoga realm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like really – I used to be into that in a very superficial way, but I would love to like really 
explore that as a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it. Yeah. Oh, I am here for it. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, before we wrap up, can you tell oh, us a little bit about oh. your HBO deal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, more things from you. Yeah, more we things. need more things. Um, I, I, There's really nothing to report. I'm excited okay. about it. Um, the... So I had sold a show to them that hopefully we'll see the light of day, which is will be my show in the same sort of like, not thematically at all, but um, strict, strictly structural comparisons only to like a, a girl's or insecure okay. and that'll be written starring and EP'd by me. So that, yeah, that right now we're like in the late stages of development on. So hopefully we'll be shooting the pilot soon and that will maybe see the light of day. And then, um, the overall deal is just putting on the producer hat, which has been really fun. And so there's some books that I really love that I want to turn into shows. And there's um, – I'm very much an Anglophile, so there's, like, some BBC shit that I'm trying to get that we can do, a, you know, a diverse, inclusive feminist version of. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So those are, like – those are cooking in my brain, Whoa. but HBO has been really lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Make – all the things starting <laughs> yeah. Your Netflix character special is like one of the funniest things I have ever oh watched. Oh my goodness, thank it's you. It's so freaking funny. <laughs> I mean, obviously we all know you're fucking hilarious because Kelly is the, one of the greatest characters on television. Oh my God, thank <laughs> uh, you. No, tr- I, truly, I texted truly Dory today. Iconic. I was like, and I ended up, FYI, watching the Insecure finale and not the Coachella episode okay. to make me feel better. I watched the season three finale again, but the... Coachella episode my best friend was visiting she's like can we just rewatch the Coachella episode of Insecure because it's so funny <laughs> we just have to watch it again it's like so okay great. but it is but you need to you we need you making us laugh yeah because it is such that a he, it is such a healing experience especially with so much you know everything that is existing in our world mm-hmm. which is always there but right now it just yeah. feels particularly Exhausting. I mean, every time I drive by swingers on my way to drop oh my, my dog off at daycare, <laughs> you're like, Kelly got fingered there. <laughs> Kelly had a good time. She had a swingers. good time. <laughs> that makes my heart so happy. Is there any any piece of her as a character that is similar to you as a person? Is she completely – what did she grow out of? She – Grew. I mean, she's my life's work. I think. I think we're so in the Venn diagram of us. There, we're so very different. And she gives zero fucks about what people think. She's fully and completely authentic, mm-hmm. and in a way that's not abusive, but just self possessed. And I've basically found her through in the script writing process. There's improv in the writers' room, and uh, we basically together sort of like worked on figuring out who she was as a person. And I would read her at table reads before I was even, I, I mean, I started on the show as a writer. Yeah. I wasn't even on the show. Um, and I just loved playing her cause it was permission to say and do all those things. And I was able to tap into that part of myself that I really rarely let out in that specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, which was what improv was for me forever at UCB where you just get to go on stage and like, 
take away that inner critic and just be the most pre- like I speaking of meditation like improv is the most meditative practice mm. I think that yeah I totally get that and because it's not in my life as much as it used to be I think that's why I found it again but anyway I think that like um, my life's work is trying to be as free as she um, there's some like direct overlaps <laughs> but in the important ways I'm trying to get there in case anyone is not following you on Instagram or Twitter yeah can you tell us your handle where we can find you yes uh, on Instagram I'm in F Rothwell okay. at, in, and it's because someone else took Natasha Rothwell <gasps> Um, there are more than one of us guys. Um, and then on Twitter, I got it. So it's Natasha Rothwell. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Natasha. Thanks for having me. So Kate, a yes story. How's it going with ye, ye old intentions? You know what? It's going pretty well. Oh, good. I did some research on some volunteer opportunities that I can do with kids. Uh-huh. Um, we also just last week kind of dropped off some donations at our local food bank at our local animal shelter, which um, was really cool to do together. But there is an organization here in Los Angeles called big Sunday and they have, Mm. they have a ton of volunteer opportunities year round, but they do some kind of larger one-offs for families. Oh, cool. So I'm going to definitely be signing up for one later this year and see how it goes with my kids. I love that. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, my intention was to be chill about travel. Seems like you were. I was, except when they were predicting a snowstorm for the night I was supposed to come back. Oh, boy. Which turned out to be kind of a dud snowstorm. But when I first heard about it, they were predicting like up to 10 inches of snow. Ugh. And even though it was scheduled to start like after I was leaving, like an hour after I left, I was like, I must change my flight. Like, I just thought I cannot be stranded in New York. So I wasn't super chill about that, but I think it was good because I switched my flight. And that's a reasonable thing to not be chill about. Totally. It's not like you weren't chill about the drink offerings on your plane. Indeed. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I was pretty chill. And what are you gearing up to do this week? I'm gearing up to hydrate. You are gearing up to drink. (laughs) How many ounces of water are we aiming for? 80? Um, You know, I was not given a number. Okay. I was just told hydrate. Fair. Um, what does that mean to you, Dory Shafri? You know what I think it means? I think it means drinking even when I'm not thirsty. Uh-huh. Like just having that bottle at your mouth like all Like just drinking all the time. And also drinking at night, like in bed. Every time I wake up, like if I have to pee or something, like making sure I just like chug some water, which is so annoying because I'm like, I'm just setting myself up to pee again. I know. I know. But, you can't win. But I had been getting kind of dehydrated at night. Like I could feel it. And so I think that'll be good. Like that has been good to just kind of like drink throughout the night. Nice work. Um, thank you. So, yeah. Well, Dory, this week I am going to lean into being sick. That's my intention. Good. Not going to fight it. I'm not going to try to push myself to do things. I'm just going to be in my sweatpants. Good. Rest. Hydrate also. And just like take care of myself. Just slow down. Sometimes when I get sick, I tend to push, you know? Yes. Well, especially when you're a person that like, you know, has a lot going on. Tend to be a little type A sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to switch that off. It is. So, um, yeah, so that's what it is. Hopefully this time next week, my next intention, I will have honored it 
and I will be healed. I look forward to that. Well, Dory, this brings us to the end of the road here. But before we go, let us remind you, if you ever want to call us and leave us a voicemail, our number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast or join one of the many spinoffs. And all the products, recipes, things mentioned on this show are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And just a reminder that if you like the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I mean, we won't turn down five stars. Just putting that out there. definitely won't yeah and tell a friend on and or mention us on the social media outlet of your choice please never forget that forever 35 is hosted and produced by dory shafrir and kate spencer and produced and edited by sammy junio and lane hammer is our assistant bye everyone